Hello there, and welcome to Babylon with the boys. I'm Carl Survey, and I was driving in my car, and you know that new, I'm not sure if you listen to the radio or you just make, you know that new Ava Max song? Do you know Ava Max? You know even who that is? Okay, there's a song that was like made from the, um, it samples, and all around the world is na la la, like that song? Yeah. Samples that. And it's like, uh, baby, now and then. And it's like, my head, my heart, a cut in between, yeah. What's what's the other line? <laughs> when angels tell me run and monsters call it love. There's a line like that. And I was listening to it. And, you know, and I was like, I want to make one of those cringy ass, like, um, compilation videos of, like, couples in, in, in TV shows and do it to Buffy and Angel. <laughs> that's what came into my mind while wait. i was listening to that song i was like i was like shit that's wait that's... what season are you on um season he i think i'm on season four now they're just in college oh uh, uh, yeah uh, so the whole mayor thing happened and faith got killed yeah. Oh, the dude, the K. Okay. I love that show with every every ball in my body. But um how many balls do you have in your body? Seven too many. Um that snake. Hmm? That snake was horrible. Oh, that snake. Like I understand <laughs> that it was like 1999. Oh. And it was but that TV. snake was horrible. They did TV didn't have the the Game of Thrones no. budget that it does now. No, no, oh. they didn't. They should have made him transform into like anything else. Anything else, other than a giant snake. Like because, the make- like the makeup mm-hmm. in the show is good. That's the thing, though. And what I find the first season fight scenes are pretty bad, but it gets better. By like season four, they're like kicking ass. Like it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like, and the and the vampire makeup's decent. It's just that pesky old CGI. That pesky CGI. And yeah, I want to make... Because, dude, Angel and Buffy's relationship, they've been through, they've the, been ringer. through the ringer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they, they have... If they have sex, basically, he loses his soul and becomes evil. It's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, um, a, that's a whole other meaning to... Suck the soul out of you. My goodness. <laughs> what? Bro, what are you doing? My mom watches this. That was like a oh, thing. Oh, you've said enough on this show that I had to, I'd have one. I'd have one, okay? Give me one. Um, We're not talking about Buffy today. Right. Oh wait, I introduced myself, sir. Oh, Are introduce you yourself. Um, I'm Spencer Fleming, Spencer Chef. Um, I have a question. Speaking of music, um, what is your like go-to karaoke song? Like it's karaoke or die. A gang is kidnapped, you put a gun to your head, and they say, sing a song in karaoke. What song do um, you sing? 
She'd take Colorado with he take who with It's Colder Weather by, by Zach Brown Band. Attaboy. Attaboy. I'm okay. stuck in cold weather. Maybe tomorrow. It's a country song. It's a country song. I put that together by you singing it, yeah. Because I do like I do like a little bit of country. My, I know um, my non-country would probably be the same as Roxanne's. It's Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper, okay. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Frontin' by Pharrell, but if they don't have that, because that's not like a song I feel like every karaoke bar has, then I'll go with Redbone by Childish Gambino. Um, those, those are the two I'm going for. You just did like a fast break. You're gonna like you're gonna sing Redbone by Child. I didn't even know that was Childish Cameo for the longest time. Oh yeah, because it's like blows your no, mind. Like, when we first heard it, we thought he had like effects on his voice. It didn't make any sense. No, I didn't even know that was his voice. I thought he just like did. I was like, oh, he's just doing the the track for it or whatever. He's just doing the the mixing or something. The producing, yeah. Yeah, the producing. But, but no, no, it was it was him singing as well i saw it a lot saw it live on jimmy valen or whatever yeah jimmy valen jimmy jimmy valen jimmy valentine uh yeah mm. no i would do okay what's the song that we would do together oh um leave the do- leave the door open <laughs> by, by anderson pack and bruno mars <laughs> Oh. I was gonna say like that, like so sweet. I wouldn't have nothing so if I didn't have you. Back. Like Monsters Inc. or something. But you're, what, you're what's, straight. What's what? the song from Monsters Inc.? The I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you song or whatever. <laughs> if I was a sculptor, but you're not Sully. Like that song. <laughs> oh. No, but yeah, okay. You're going straight for the soul. We can do it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I can hit those Bruno Mars vocals. Okay, you're gonna try. You're gonna do Redbone, but you say you can't. Hey, hit I the- can. I can hit like high. I can do high, but like Bruno Mars is just like a really. He has range, you know. <laughs> like, like yeah. for a song, if you're gonna make me sing a song, like pick one, you know. But he just he goes for it, you know. I can do Anderson Pox part though, you know. Well, I'll leave Bruno to you. Oh my gosh, Bruno, you you can have the honor. Oh, um. Okay, okay. Uh, right. I think we babbled enough. I think um, we, yeah, I think that's a good babble. Today, yeah. we were talking about um, if you didn't see, or apparently a lot of people didn't see. A lot of and, people didn't know that it was like last night, including that were, kid in our class. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Oscars were a little bit ago, like, I guess a couple of days before we were posting this. It's yesterday and and when we're recording this yeah and we have a lot to say don't we there is a lot that happened that was really interesting first it was a really interesting all together the whole show was quite interesting Uh uh-huh there was it was like one of those things where it was both awkward and also like i was impressed but like Mm -hmm. at the same time like i was like sometimes i was like and then sometimes I was like, hey, that's a cool idea. Um, and it, it surprised me when I turned on the TV and saw what it looked like. I was like, what? Yeah. Um, what? Right. 93 to infinity. The 93rd. 93rd. 
Like wait until like in seven years, it's going to be a hundred. What are they going to do then? They're going to have to go crazy. <laughs> I think Christopher Walken should host. Oh, um, Ooh. and I think ideas. he should do nothing but show tunes the entire time. Sounds good. Um, so 93rd Academy Awards happened and it wasn't in the Dolby theater, which it's usually, no. it was in mm-hmm. what train, it was in a train station. Yeah. Which, which station was it in? I, no, I, don't... I can't remember, but, uh, rather than having its usual presentation it's in a train station mm-hmm. and it's like shot cinematically <laughs> like that's yeah. the way i could put it instead of like the usual award show feel it's almost shot that's the only way i can really describe it cinematically um, cinematically and was i can't remember now was quest love djing quest love was djing yeah that beautiful yeah. man um it was in the Union Station. It was in, um, yeah, it was at Union Station in LA. Um, and they didn't really, they didn't have a host per se. No. They just had people Which come I out. think they did last year too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I think they should keep going that way. Some yeah. people, okay. Overview, overview, big picture, big, big picture here. Um, Uh, I liked, I really liked the new format that they were going for. The new, this all together, like the, the, even though sometimes it kind of led to some things and we'll, and we'll get to that, but letting the speeches go longer, doing these mm-hmm. like p- personal talks, having this little yeah. trivia in the, be- in the middle, like there was all this cool stuff. There was a lot of, I think they tried to spice it up because they figured it's already going to be an unconventional year. Let's just steer into the skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, g- gave out humanitarian awards. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was like... No, they, they did a lot of different stuff. It um, really kept me... It really kept me enthralled. Like, I remember when Laura Dern came out and she was talking about the first real movie <laughs> that made her inspired in movies was she was like nine or something and her mom took her to um Frederico Fellini's um La Bamba or no not La Bamba La Strada La Strada yeah and I was like Fellini at nine (laughs) Fellini at nine like I I I'm just getting into Fellini now Does like is that what it takes to make it? You have to be into Fellini yeah, at the age of nine. No, dude, if you're not watching Fellini by four, like what are you even doing? It's a miracle <laughs> Laura Dern skidded in. Um oh, yeah. And then my boy Steve was talking about seeing Terminator 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with his mom mm-hmm. when he was a kid. No, it was fun. Yeah, it felt cool. like more personal. Glenn. Glenn was talking about. <laughs> Yeah, he'll always be Glenn in my heart. Um, Apparently, he's the first Asian actor to be nominated for Best Actor, which boggles my head. What? Yeah, my friend sent that to me. Unless she's pranking me just before I go on the podcast because she wants to hear me say this and then have to redact it. Um, the, let's look that up. Um, fact check. We should have like a thing for every time we, we uh, fact check something this episode, take a drink. 
All right, there we go. If you're uh, of legal age um, and know your limits, play with it. What about Yul Brenner? Yul Brenner for the King and I, who won in 1956. Best actor? No, I don't think that's. I don't think. Yeah, see? I don't think he's. I don't think he's that Asian. What? <laughs> what did you just say? Um. What? Wait. Like what? Eastern, like Eastern Asian. I think he might be the first because I'm seeing, um, like, oh, what is that flag? Oh, golly gee whiz. Um, I'm seeing like Israeli. I'm seeing ah. Syrian. I'm seeing Indian. Um, I'm seeing um, Russia, but like Eastern Asia. Yeah, he's the first one. Ay ay ay. The guy. Oh oh, I have to shout out. He's only one. He only has one name. Um, Topol. Topol. But of course. The guy that played the guy that played Tevya in the in the Fiddler on the Roof in the seventies. Shout out to that guy. Got nominated for an Oscar. Um. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh. Where were we gonna go from there? Yeah. So there. It was a very interesting thing overall, and I did really enjoy it. But of course, there was something. There was. What did you think, Spencer, of the overall thing? I'm trying because there's. I have some specifics to get into, but I feel I, I think know. you're right. We'll start with the broad. We'll start mm-hmm. with the broad. Um, going to this just to preface this, like the Oscars obviously are the biggest night for film. You know, once a year, and it, it, I think they're important. But I also I think I've always taken them with you know a bit of a grain of salt of course i think if i got nominated it'd be a great honor but i think there is also kind of like we are judging art you know it is subjective um so i always go into these things with a grain of salt and that being said there were some things that i expect Mm -hmm. from the oscars there are just some things that i thought we all understood um and evidently we don't uh, <laughs> that's, and that's it um, there were some things I pretty much predicted most of what was going to happen like I think we all saw a lot of the winners coming like there wasn't really anything that surprised me there was one where I went oh good good and then the rest I was like yeah 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 just calling it before they even like announced it right mm-hmm. and then it ended and my jaw hit my lap. Yeah, there's a huge snub, a huge weird thing that happened. There's a lot. There's a and couple of weird things. Of course, I'm talking about my octopus teacher winning best documentary. <laughs> How did that but win? Also, yes. How did that win over Collective? I'm telling you right now. I don't know. No, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was like, here's. I would go collective time octopus i would go okay i'd go collective crip camp time octopus teacher Ooh, actually i agree with more you're right you're right i've seen i have you seen crip camp yeah 
Crypt Camp was also really good. There were okay. The only one okay. I didn't see was the uh, the de- the detective one. What was it? The man, like old guy, in the old man folks who home? lost his skin or sold his skin. No, no, no. Like the cover, he has like a magnifying glass, and he's an old guy at an old folks' home. What the heck? It doesn't no. matter. I didn't see the movie, and it didn't win, so it doesn't matter. Well, um, I would actually say go watch, go watch the documentaries if you want. Like they're mm-hmm. on. Crip Camp and Collective are on Netflix. Time is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Mox. there's really no excuses not to see them. Yeah. They're all they're all free pretty much. They're all quite good as well. Yeah. Um, not that it's not saying Octopus is bad. Octopus, that was, if you are a longtime listener, that was on my top five yes. of the year. Yes. But then I went and watched and these watched other documentaries. The yeah. And Collective <clears throat> floored me. Yeah. See, at the time when you said that, I don't think I'd seen any of them yet. And then I went back and watched. And you're right. Collect- I think Collective is way better. But maybe. But it's also, while they're both documentaries, it's pretty apples to oranges in terms of tone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's a little different. But yeah, no, that was that was a little surprising. Oh. We- who who won best screen screenwriter? Was it um original? Let's original go. Screen, let's yeah. start here. Let's start here. Let's go. On the list. Let's, let's go, go through the list. Yeah. Um, best original was um, promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Emerald, which I was kind of almost surprised, but I was glad. I went, oh I good. Was, I was so glad about that. that yeah, was so I was good. glad about that. And it's weird to think that. Both Judas and the Black Messiah and Trial of Chicago 7 are original screenplays. They are, but can, it's technically like... It's based on real life. Stuff. Yeah. I guess so. Well, I, I'm sure there was... Let's be honest. I'm sure there's artistic liberties taken in both. Yeah, there were definitely like the whole ending of Travis Chicago 7 with oh, yeah. reading. Yeah. Um, and then Best Adapted Screenplay went to The Father. Went to The Father. Mm-hmm. The Father. The Father. Oh, which I have something to say, but we'll wait until ha- we have get you, to that. Have you seen The Father? Um, yes, but I want to talk about it when we get to The Thing. When you get to The Thing. The Thing. The Thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's a story. I have a story about that. Mm-hmm. Um. What well, well, and I was were you okay for these two writing categories? Were was that what you were expecting? Who are you um, expecting to win for these? Uh, I. You know what? I think I would say I wanted Promising Young Woman to win. Yes, and it did, and I was happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was expecting it, but I thought that would be cool. And I kind of thought the father would. I hadn't, well, again, I'll get to that later. But I kind of thought the father would. I haven't seen the father. Mm. I kind of thought One Night in Miami would get it. See, that, it, I think that that for me is a close second. Yeah, as, as like a, because it's written by the same guy that did the play, as yeah. kind of like a reward to this playwright who's done this excellent work. 
Well, um, uh, the father's written by the same uh, lady who did the play as well. Oh, I believe she wrote and directed it. So, the film and the play, I believe so. No, it was a guy. What? Florin Zeller, don't you remember? And Christopher Hampton, Florin Zeller, the guy in wherever he was, and he was talking, and then the old guy just stood up in London, and he was just like standing there. The the poor was old it? guy. Oh shit! You're right. Yeah. Oh, good catch. Okay. Out of boy. Um, what should we talk about next? Um, let's go to international feature, which was uh wasn't really a surprise, but it was pleasant. <laughs> wasn't really a surprise. Um, um no, well, because we talked about this, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. Because it was I need to watch this movie still, but it was I Thomas, Thomas Vindenberg. Uh-huh. Um, who oh. is? Yep. Sorry, you go. A one of the great directors of the like of Denmark and of that kind of like European art house cinema of like the like the Von Trier and that stuff. He's quite acclaimed, and I love his other films. I love Celebration. I love The Hunt. Yeah, and this one. I need to see now. And especially his speech was so good. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. about his daughter who died. That was good, um, yeah. Right before well, not that his dedication to her. Good, but the speech was touching. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah it's but yeah, what did you think? What did you think, man? Oh, man. I was, again, I haven't seen the movie. So I don't know. But I felt, I was like happy for him. Oh, I, was happy, I was happy for him getting some 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 wreck, mm-hmm. some some cred on that name, bro. I was happy about it. Um, I still need to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was happy about it. See, yeah. up until now, things were pretty much going swimmingly. Um, yeah, you know. And one thing I just to say, like to say before we go any further, um, this in a way is this video that or the podcast that we're doing right now is kind of a sequel to our own podcast that we did a couple weeks back when we were talking about um our oscar predictions and we did our own version the slate awards mm-hmm. um you don't have to watch that but it does kind of help um just kind of a, some context to what we thought was going to happen yeah i guess so I have the I have my binder here that has it in it. I should probably be double checking what my predictions were and re seeing what will happen here. A lot of our um, predictions are probably the same because we chose different movies. Um, yeah, but... they were pretty similar, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I got a couple wrong because. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. Oh wow, I got one right that I didn't even see. Wow, look at me. Um. Anyway, <laughs> grab that one out of thin air. Yeah. Um. So after international film, what was it? Um. After international film, what else we got here? Maybe let's go to supporting 
actress um mm -hmm. which was the one that i i didn't even see the film but i got it right which was um let me just try and figure <laughs> out the name here you see oh man you guys didn't see his face you looked at the name hesitated and went <laughs> Yoon, Yoon, Yoon Yu Chung. Yeah. I apologize. Profusely. And to be fair, I actually take credit for this because I told you that she's my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, you um, did. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll go with yeah. you. Yeah, no, I knew it. I knew she was going to get it. I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Also, her acceptance oh. speech was hilarious. Her acceptance, it was so funny with the, oh, Mr. Pitt. Where yeah. were you during filming? Which <laughs> I figured out um, that the reason she said that is because the production company that made Minari was yeah. Plan B. It was yeah. Brad Pitt's production company. It was. It was. Um, and, and I like how she was like, well, it's an honor to meet you. Just like right on the, on the stage. That was good. And when she's like, um, essentially was like talking about her kids and was like, well, yeah. I work hard. So this is for me. Yeah, I um, I work hard. This is this is because my kids make me work hard because they spend all my money or something. Yeah, something like that. It was good. No, she's she's quite the character. Mm -hmm. Um, no, but yeah, I was happy about that, and I kind of saw that one coming. See, things are going so well up to this point, and there was like a couple of hitches in the fact that like, um, whoever was presenting the award may start ad libbing and like the camera person wasn't ready for the ad lib because what they would do is they did this thing where they would show like each table that like uh mm -hmm. each film was kind of sitting at right mm -hmm. so you'd see the table as they're talking about them but every once in a while the presenter would like ad lib something or start going off script and the camera would have to adjust and would kind of not really sync up um other than like a couple of those type of hiccups i was like i can let that slide you know um yeah there was one where the where the cameraman was right on point was that cut was like dead on what? and it was for the next one it was for um daniel kaluuya's speech oh yeah yeah drew some black black messiah when he was like my mom, my dad had sex, and now, and it like cut right to his mom. Yeah, and his mom went like, she's like mouth wide. What's he talking about or something? Dude, I was like, why? Why are you doing this? No, it was because he. It's because there was no music playing. Exactly. Off. See, that's that's one thing that I have to say. At first, mm -hmm. I was enjoying the longer speeches, and somehow this comes in like an hour shorter than the Oscars usually is. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how because all the speeches were like five minutes. But what was insane to me was the fact that I realized, oh, you need the music. Oh, yeah. Because some of those speeches got a little wordy. Da Danny, my boy, fine example. Speech was going fine. The last leg of that speech could have been cut. <laughs> like, oh. so and it's crazy how British he is. Oh yeah, like how British. And he literally like, was like, "Man, we did it, bro. We did it." Like, what are you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> he's like whispering that to himself and like shaking. It. I was like, "Damn!" 
yeah. this man's this man's sober to him like in juice of the black messiah i am the revolution <laughs> just like juxtaposing mines we did it bro <laughs> oh we're gonna go up tonight bro and i'm like yeah all right it's like <laughs> that was quite funny it's quite a nice speech i i did like it and yeah daniel kaluuya getting an oscar yeah he, daniel he, kaluuya uh, is now an oscar winner best supporting actor Mm-hmm. Um, which is my complaint from the other video we did, which is I don't know why they put uh, Lakeith and Daniel, Lakeith Steinfeld and um, Danny Kaluuya were both uh, nominated for the same movie, which is Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm sorry, I was taking a drink there. No, it's, that's fine. Oh, but no, um, they're both the lead actor in that movie, so he was confusing. I didn't even think about it. I was so thirsty. That was just like, I didn't even think that we were. We were rolling everybody here, my loud Oh smiling. my god, Carson. What? Roxanne's gonna be mad. <laughs> Something's occurred to me, Carson. What? We haven't like explicitly stated which movie each per actor or writer belonged to every time. Okay. Let's go. From back. here on out, from here on out, should we just oh do you want to go back? Um should we should we go back? Yoon Yoon Yu Chung, yeah, Minari, Emerald mm-hmm. Fennell, who got the best screenplay. She is um the writer and director of Promising, Promising Young, Young Woman. Um, who else? Daniel Kaluuya mm-hmm. is um from Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, a movie about Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton was the leader he was in fred hampton was in two movies this year wasn't he yeah he's in trial of the chicago 72 yeah he's played by yeah yeah abdul mateen the second in trial of chicago seven right uh i think so yeah and um lakeith steinfield essentially it was part of the same movie but the the big thing that i was saying was like they're both the lead actors in that movie so to put them both for supporting actor made no sense i'm glad that, like you know you won an oscar and all that good jazz good jazz but like yes. i think they could have put one of them like maybe choose one for supporting and put one for best best actor you know what i mean mm-hmm. should we um, go anyways. where should we go next we got animated feature soul Oh, what a surprise. Oh, yeah. wow. 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 Didn't see that coming. Literally, like, I was like, why are we even listing the other ones? I don't know about you, but I didn't see any of those except for Onward. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? We know it's going to win. Why even bother? What the heck is this over the moon thing? Yeah. Sean the Sheep has another movie? What? Yeah. What the hell is going on? Like, I was What's just going confused. on? Just I'm give me, bad. just just put Pete Doctor on the stage. Just, go. just put him on. Yeah, there he is. He should present himself the award. Yeah, um, and even oh, that guy who um did the soul also won best um original score. Again, big surprise. Again, yeah, not not, not, a, not a very big surprise at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who's it was by Trent Reznor. Atticus Ross and John ba- Baptiste. Yeah. I think John Baptiste was the guy that was talking, right? 
I think it was. I can't remember now, but he's the one who uh, did he give uh, the the twelve notes thing? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Who was a great? Yeah, he did a great speech as well. Uh, yeah, for, they won for Soul, which no, no surprise there. Literally, I couldn't even remember any of the other music. I was mm-hmm. like, what? But Trent Reznor was. He did that and Mank. Yeah, he did too. He did too. He was double double fisting. Wait, shifting. Oh god. He was doing double the work. Um yeah, so great score. Great like yeah. beautiful jazzy score. And it definitely yeah. And going up against people like James Newton Howard and um I guess Trent Reznor, even though <laughs> going up against himself. himself twice. Yeah. Um, it was quite the, did a good job, did a good job. Um, best cinematography. Cinnamon. Cinematography. Went to, um, Why did they say that no one, they made some joke like, you don't even understand what the cinematography does. And I'm like, actually, I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> actually. <laughs> Get off my back, lady. Hmm. I do. Yeah, no. Because uh, I was one. Yeah. In. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah. Spenny was one. So it was Mank who won with the cinemat- cinematographer Eric Messerschmidt. Messerschmidt. Yeah. Who um. Did the cinematography for Ant Man? Um, what is this? Um, Sicario Two. The Electric Sicario Two, Mind Hunter, Tomorrowland. Um, not saying any of those movies look bad, but damn, he stepped up his game. He did step up this game. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> He's a young guy too, which is usually like. Uh, cinematographers are usually all old and crusty. Yeah, because it takes a while to get there. Because you have to go through all the departments, yeah. and if his dad's probably in the industry or something. Yeah, the thing that we probably should explain about, because sure we know what a cin- cinematographer does, but like a cinematographer. A cinematographer. Yeah. Is um, person that sets up the lighting. So, like, a director will come up and be like, yo, Spencer, I want this to look like it's nine in the morning on a, in summer. We're in New York. Top story of the building. Um, characters, emotions, all of that. I want it shot from this angle or something with the move here or something. Or maybe not they, even that. I want it covered say... this person. Yeah, then they say camera and lighting has the floor. And then the director goes and works with the actors in some secret back room. Um, what the cinematographer's job to do is essentially decide, you know, kind of channeling his interpretation of what the director or his or her interpretation of what the director has just said. Um, and kind of creating a look for the film. Mm-hmm. So they're in charge of lighting. Um they're not doing it themselves usually, unless it's a very small crew, which we mm-hmm. just experienced on our last shoots. Um, I was cinematographer, but I also had to be a camera operator mm-hmm. um, because of the small 
crew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they'll tell, you know, the grips and gaffers what they want for their lighting, instruct them how they want it set up. They'll talk to their, their camera operator in their first and second AC and say what they're looking for with the shot. They'll decide what lens to use. Mm -hmm. um, and they decide that for every shot for the whole movie. That, that is, in a nutshell, what the cinematographer does. Yeah. There's like three aspects of it. There's three different departments within like camera and lighting, which is like the camera department who just focuses on the camera, does the lenses, does all the camera moving and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, the gaffers who set up the set up the lights and then the grips who kind of like manipulate that light in a way with flags, which like distort the imagery or um, silks, which um, lessen the, the harshness of the light. And yeah. um, a dolly grip moves the camera dolly around. A dolly being a, um, essentially <laughs> um, a go-kart. <laughs> Depending yeah. on what, yeah. there's different types of dollies, but essentially, for the ones that I think I've seen most commonly used, there's a track. They lay down a track, mm -hmm. almost like a train track, and there's this big thing with wheels that comes. And you put the camera on this thing with wheels. That way you can have a moving shot. So it can mm -hmm. be used for push-ins or tracking shots. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, the director of photography, the cinematographer, decides all of that, that stuff. Um, so that's what... <laughs> Dude, I feel like I was talking so Caucasian while explaining that. I like, I was like, I got to talk crystal clear to these folks. We got to make sure they understand. Mm -hmm. I was so proud of myself. Okay. Wow. Look I'm at us. People who are yourself. listening don't even know. What was that? Why are you proud of yourself for that? You know, you know just say, I can, I can, I'm blending in, you know, I'm a double agent. They'll never see me. You'll never see me coming, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I'm sorry to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, what if I just started slowly sounding more like David Cross uh, as these podcasts? Went what on? about Patton Oswalt? Patton Oswalt would be better. That's the. Ooh, he's one of my favorite voices. What was I going to say? Yeah, that's what Eric Messer Schmidt did. Yeah. And he did apparently a good job because he got an Oscar, which I think he did. I think that was. I think, yeah. I think that was the one to win. Honestly, it was the best aspect of that movie for me. Other than Gary Oldman's performance. It had this beautiful black and white that was like <laughs> very reminiscent of noir. Like it felt like if you've ever seen like Maltese Falcon or like some yeah. of those OG um, noir films, it felt it had the shadow and the imagery of that. But it also had this glossiness that modern films have. Yeah. So I liked it um oh wow we are at oh um film editing film editing was presented by harrison ford who did that really great thing where oh. he talked about <laughs> the yeah talked about the notes from the first blade runner screen yeah talk about like how the pacing was shit and like the the didn't get the character motivation at all and the scene went on too long and what's funny about that is those are the notes yet there's still a director's cut <laughs> yeah like that's not i mean 
there's there's a second version of notes i'm sure um, oh yeah there oh it's good but yeah well, no that was great that was a great little thing and I, it's always a joy to see harrison ford say words um yeah and it really made me like it really felt like they made people who didn't who were like film editors what do they even do they put a film together it really made them it really if you were listening which i hope you were like people who don't understand film it really painted a really good picture of what film editing is and yeah um mickel eg nelson who won for sound of metal i think also he deserved that there was I I honestly was like, there's no way it's not, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Like it had to. Um, it had to. I mean, you could say, well, really, what you liked about it was was the choice of sound editing. But I think to have the choice of sound editing, you have to have visuals that complement. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the visual aspect, perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great. I I agree with that decision. I, I definitely agree with that decision. See, I, it I, sounds like we are just bowing to the Oscars. Right yeah, now. bowing to the Oscars until we get Diverge. to, get to yeah. some stuff. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I didn't think it was as, like, set in stone. I knew that the sound editing... Oh, sound for stone. sure. No way that wasn't. But with that one, I was a little bit like... It could go to him. I feel like they might do because they gave like this sound and film editing both get it, which were amazing in that film and probably the best out of the films. Maybe Promising Animal was also had great editing, I think. Like yeah. so those two. But um Yeah, I really I I I think that was the right decision. Let's go to the big boy. Or big woman directing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. oh, I just knocked everything over. No, um, um see, I wasn't sure for you're talking about best director, right? Yes. I wasn't sure. You wasn't you weren't um, sure. No. I wasn't sure because a piece of me was like, ah, I think so, because, you know, especially with the, you know, essentially the Asian hate crimes that have been going on lately. It should, I was like, this would be a nice win, wouldn't it? Like, Jesus. Um, what's wrong with people, man? Um, so there's a bit of that. And then I was also thinking, that was it, because that was Emerald, Emerald Fennel's directorial debut, right? I believe so, yeah. For a directorial debut, it's a pretty... <laughs> you know that's pretty getting, that's pretty getting nominated for an oscar right off the bat you know that's that's something so i was like they could go that way so i wasn't sure and but i was happy that she got it and she's also slated I, she's directing the eternals i think uh chloe Zhao. sorry yeah we haven't said her name uh chloe Zhao won for best nomad best land nomad. yeah for nomad land um and yeah no she's having like one hell she's directing the eternals which i think comes out this year but with covid who knows 
um, plus an Oscar win. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's the first um, Asian female to win Best Best Director. Um, yeah, I think she's one of the first. Um, one of the first directors, like one of the first female directors to win. I think like yeah. since the '80s or something. Yeah, no, it's been a minute. Yeah. I don't know who won in the 80s. Um, I think we talked about this last time and had to look it up, <laughs> but we forget again. But yeah, no. So, see, I don't. I wouldn't say I was like set in stone with she was gonna win, but I was happy that she did. Are you trying to find? Are we? Are we doing another fact check? Only five women have been nominated. Zoinks, man! In the directing category, becoming the first non-white woman to win. Um, win an Academy Award for directing. Was Regina King nominated too? No, Regina King wasn't. We were upset about that. Right, that was it. Yeah, that's a little upsetting. Okay, um, so see, I have a little beef. You don't want no yeah. beef. You don't want no beef. Joker, Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, first, Emerald Fennell is the first women director to be nominated for her directorial debut she did direct a short before that i just fact checked that and was directed the rider which i've heard is very good i haven't seen it and it's on amazon prime i think i'm probably going to go back and watch that since i've watched nomadland and watching nomadland because it came on disney plus and watching the oscars I have to agree with her winning because that's such a it's such a unique perspective to kind of just pull into the limelight like that. It's such mm-hmm. a unique movie and such a unique not that Promising Young Woman wasn't a unique movie. Like my goodness, that was a unique movie with a unique perspective. But to have such a quiet movie that mm-hmm. also had this like um had this entertaining quality that you're just on this journey with somebody and to work with non-actors as well to work with <clears throat> mostly non-actors except for like two which yeah. is francis mcgorman and david what's his face who was the kind of like yeah the counterpart in that film but most of the people in that film were non-actors mm-hmm. and two of them were up there on stage when they um when they want to, <laughs> when they, um... yeah, we'll get to it later. Um, but Chloe Zhao to write, direct, and edit this film, I think definitely deserves an award for it. Uh, I think no, I think it's it's well deserved, and this is coming from see, I think because I think I'm pretty sure I saw Nomadland before you did, but um, <laughs> I too had slept on it for a while. Like I probably watched it eight months after it came out. Because it was just impossible to find. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I watched it. And I liked No Man Land, but I wasn't like crazy about it. I know some, it's, for me, it's like a very, this is, it's a very hot and cold thing. Some people like really love it. And some people are like, eh. Um, I was not, eh. I probably, I think I liked Sound of Metal as a film personally better. See, that's the thing. Because, and we'll talk about this when we get to the, the bigger mm-hmm. 
The best picture, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, see, I liked this movie. But from the nominees, I just thought certain of them, like certain of them, that's not English. Um, a lot of them stuck out more to me. I would say enjoyment factor level, I like this more than Mank, for sure. Um, I would say, Gosh, yeah, I would say this was on par with Minari for me. All right. Um, but that being said, there was there was a couple of things that I was like, I think I enjoyed that more because mm. Judas and the Black Messiah did kind of knock my knock knock my jugs off a little. Um, okay. um and with the I saw mm, I can't talk about that yet. Hold on. We'll, okay. we'll circle back when you get Let, to best. Let's get to best picture. Let's get to let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's get to it. Because it's right here, and because it was the next thing to happen chronologically in the Oscars, even oh. though it usually doesn't go on last. And it usually goes on last, I mean. Mm-hmm. But they did a little different. I wonder why. I think we know why. It has to, because that's the only reason. Like, they have to have known, right? Like, they have to, they have to have known. There's no other way. The w- movie that won Best Picture mm-hmm. was Surprise, Surprise. Nomadland. And everybody thought Nomadland was going to win. Yeah. It did win. Mm-hmm. And I do think it was pretty, like, I didn't have too much of a problem with it winning. Um, mm-hmm. I personally wouldn't have chosen it to win. Same. Chosen um, probably Promising a Woman or Sound of Metal. But yeah, that was pretty good. Have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah yet? I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. And I haven't seen Minari. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen The Father, which I think you've yeah, seen man. all three of those. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, man. Like, I liked Nomadland. And, like, it's a movie that I'd be like, I've told people, like, oh, yeah, you should watch it. It's good. Especially now it's on Disney+. Plus. Like, watch it for sure. But mm-hmm. for me, would have chosen Sound of Metal. Would have chosen The Father. <laughs> would have chosen oh, wow. the Black Messiah. Would have chosen Promising Young Woman. Um, but, like, I understand why it won, too. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I do think it's, it was definitely unique. And it was a what? cool movie to watch. And it had, like, she was working in Amazon, which was weird. And you kind of see like how. Well, it doesn't. It's not really like oh they treat their employees awfully, but it's kind of like you're kind of just sitting there like they only have people employed for Christmas time, and then they just lay them off, which does make sense. Yeah, it kind figures. Of, yeah, it figures. <clears throat> That's a little and bit... Francis McDormand's amazing. It felt, it felt so much in our world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer, I'm gonna ask. I, yeah. Rank the best picture nominees in your personal opinion. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Which one's your least favorite? Which one's your least favorite? Mank. Mank's your least favorite. 
then trial trial chicago seven yeah yeah then what's next nomad land then i'll put you know what i'll just say then minari then minari then nomad land but by like a marginal amount okay to me they're around the same level um this is where it gets tough then i'll go promising young woman oh um then i'll go sound of metal then i'll go judas and the black messiah where's the father oh my god oh <laughs> i restarted at the bottom man <laughs> then trial the chicago seven i'm not even editing that out whatever heroes make mistakes too kids um then minari then Nomadland. Then Promising Young Woman. Then The Father. Then Sound of Metal. Then Judas and Black Messiah. But the top three are like, like it's not like there's huge gaps in between those. Those ones I feel are like, I like all of them around the same. Wow. So Judas um, and Black Messiah was like, was your favorite? To me, it felt like everything The Departed could have been. And that's coming from someone who actually oh. likes The Departed. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm in love with The Departed. But this movie had the, the intrigue and the acting talents of The Departed, but with cultural relevance. Um, damn. Um. But any, honestly, if any of the top three won, I would have been happy. Okay, not yours. What's yours? Well, three of them are going to be missing, but um, Mank, Trial Chicago 7, No Man Land, Oh, <laughs> um, It's oh, it's so close between promising young woman and so yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah. literally like neck and neck. Oh my gosh! I'll put sentimental. I'll put sentimental at the top. So promising young woman then sentimental. I really like sentimental. Yeah, it was good, and it was, it was really his performance. Oh, he was so good in that. So I good. think. Excuse I'm not sure the what you but like, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, best actress. Mm-hmm. Um, the nominees were. Let me just get them back up here. Oh wait, can we talk about Francis McDormand's Howl? Oh yeah, Francis McDormand howled. Yeah, that when was great. Won, when they won. Uh, no man land she howled and i wasn't i was taking a sip of something and i like wasn't fully paying attention and i just hear oh, 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 and i went what the like what did i miss did you do like a spit take my goodness no it is more of a the one the type of spit take where it just dribbles back in your cup <laughs> where you're like oh. and you just make a mess all over your new shirt 
Um, well, they were specifically for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Frances McDormand. She's out. She's out there in the wild. She's <laughs> nomad land her up, bro. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, she stayed she out there. Active and she hasn't come out. She stayed in that van a little bit too long. Yeah. Um. She was like, "This is for my spirit, something wolf, spirit wolf. This is my. I'm the spirit wolf. Cuckoo, cuckoo." To the big old blue. <laughs> I am the spirit wolf. I am the spirit wolf. Uh, yeah, anyways, best actress. The nominees were Vanessa Kirby for Peace of Woman, which I still want to watch because I'm awful. Um, Viola Davis for Ma Range Black Bottom. Carrie Mulligan for Promise You Know One. Mm-hmm. And Andre Day for the United States versus Billy Holiday, mm-hmm. which I still and, haven't and seen. The winner was Frances McNorman for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. She was also nominated, but she won. You know what I'm saying? So why bother? Yeah. The white? Hmm? I said yeah. So why bother? Because she won. Yeah, um, well, I don't think that this was the right choice. You don't say. See, this is where things got sour for me. There, I accepted Nomadland because I think we all kind of half expected it. Yeah. Um, but this, I was like, I also what think didn't she win today? Like, <laughs> like I also think that Nomadland deserved it. Hmm. But Francis is excellent in it. Like she's excellent in everything. Yeah. But. Looking like at she, competition. Like she was in three bull, billboards past saving Missouri last yeah years ago. But this like Carrie Mulligan, I think had a better Viola better, Davis, man. Viola Davis. Like, come on, better, that was good. That was good. That was probably I'm honest. That was I would put that up against her performance in fences, honestly. I'm not sure about that, but yes. Like different I, I, role, very different role, but it I think that's what I enjoyed about it. Like I was like, wow. I, I think I would have I think the person I would have liked to see would be Carrie Mulligan. Agreed. I would have liked to see her. I would have understood Viola Davis. I would have understood Viola Davis as well. But I just like I was just saying there like what? Like what's Something felt weird about it. What was like, what's going on here? And then I thought, oh, but here's what happened. I thought, oh, they probably don't want to give an Oscar to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom twice in a row. Because we know what the best actor is going to be. So in the moment, I didn't let it hit me until right now when we're talking about it. That's why I just went, well, what the f- the nominees for Best Actor were Gary Oldman, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Gary Oldman for Mank. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. For the Father. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Stephen Yoon for Minari. Minari, yeah. And Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 
And Anthony Hopkins won. Anthony his Hopkins, second Oscar, by the way. His second Oscar, Sounds of the Lambs, is his first. And he wasn't there either. Mm-hmm. So what? And this is how the Oscars left. This is how it went. Uh, best actress goes to Frances McDormand. Um, the sword is my path to art, and art is my <laughs> path to work. And I like work, so work. Love you guys. Uh, Good night. Do Humpty Hump. Um, the best actor goes to Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins isn't here, so we accept the word on his behalf. Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, oh, Questlove. Oh, yeah, come join us for the after party. Bye, everybody. As it just like (laughs) the credits pour down, you could almost put like the end of the side goal. But I'm bound, 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 bound. Like it was ridiculous. Um, and what was so funny was <laughs> I had to watch a little later because I was doing a lot of stuff during the day. I was really busy. Mm-hmm. So I was like an hour behind everyone else. And an hour before, my friend goes, What the f- just happened? And I'm like, What? And then she's like, I she kind of sent me a video, but I didn't want spoilers. So I skipped through the video and I was like, yeah, no, I haven't seen it. And she's like, well, <laughs> and I watched this and when they were like, literally it was like when they read the side effects at like a drug commercial, they were like, and the Hawkins didn't hear it except the word. That was another Oscar. No, Questlove, come to us for that party. Bye. Hello, Susan. Here's the doggy. Keep the change. Hello, doggy. Bye. Like in the room, like it just, and then credits. Do, 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 do. I was like, what the? Just happened. What? what? And here's now, if you're wondering at home, let me catch you up to speed. So, Chadwick Bozeman not only acted his ass off in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. not only acted his ass off in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but passed away tragically way too young. Mm-hmm. This, everyone was expecting him to get this Oscar. Not only did he deserve it, but it would have been so touching. Yes. You know, and it's not like they haven't done this before. They've done it with Heath Ledger. Like, this is, it's almost, it's expected. When a great actor dies tragically and their last performance is a 10 out of 10 knocked out of the park, it's what you do. Yeah. And they gave it to Heath Ledger and he was the Joker. Back when comic book movies weren't like the the big thing. Like, it was a... It was a weird thing that they were giving this Oscar to a superhero film. Yes. And then they, and they don't even, give they it. They pulled it out of their balls. Now, let me ask you. Now, here's the thing. Now, here's where my story will diverge from everyone else. Because everyone else was like, what the? Like, literally, my phone was just blowing up. You texted me. You were like, what the hell just happened? Like, everyone was like, what just happened? And I was like, what just happened? And then this morning, I woke up, and I still felt raw about it. You know, I just, something didn't feel right. I was tossing and turning all night. It's like, I don't, something doesn't feel right. And then I woke mm. up and I said to myself, if Anthony Hopkins just beat out that killer performance to a man who's passed away, this performance must be the best performance. And I had a confession, full confession. I hadn't seen The Father. Oh, all right. Coming on did today. 
I hadn't seen the father, full confession. So this morning I went, well, first I rewatched um, after last season because I found it on YouTube and I sent Carson a link. Um, but then we had a, a Zoom class and I did some, I had some other work to do after that. Um, and then I had like a clearing in my afternoon, a good like two hour clearing. So I put on the father and I was like, I got to see what the hell this is all about. Because for this to win, for, for Anthony Hopkins to win, this better be the best performance I've ever seen in my life. He better he better be acting so good that like I I I forget he's Anthony Hopkins. Like he better be playing Ursula and like the Little Mermaid and convincingly. Like that's what I was expecting. Like this better be the best thing. He better be playing like Richard Pryor convincingly, um, with non-offensive blackface. Like I wanted something that good. My expectations were in here and let me tell you right now let me say i kind of understand it <laughs> what dude oh he kills it oh my god like i was in tears i was a mess it's it was without his i think it's his best performance i've ever seen him give um <clears throat> i know i just did a complete 180 there but oh my god Dude, oh, oh, he is excellent in that movie. The whole movie is excellent. Do you remember when we saw, um, gosh, the Kaufman movie that came out last year? Oh, think of anything. Think of anything. The father is like that, but less high on its own bullshit. If that makes sense. Oh. Um, right. it, oh, God, man. It's more coherent. See, that's difficult because, yeah, you know what it is? No, I would say it's still confusing, but they give you a little more to work with without having it feel ham fisted. Okay. They plant, like, they give you a little more of a clue. So that way, by halfway through the movie, you're kind of understanding. Whether we're thinking of any things, I had to go and like take a good day to kind of come up with what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. This was planting, like he was giving you enough breadcrumbs so you can kind of follow along. And his performance is killer. Olivia Coleman's great in it. Writing great. Cinematography, production design, great. Like, I get it. I understand. Um, I will say, I still think Chadwick Boseman should have got the Oscar. Well, yeah. But I understand, like, I think if he hadn't had passed away, there would have been a good fight there. Like, I think if he hadn't have passed away, and that's not me taking away anything from that, his performance in Marwini's Black Bottom. I'm just saying, you know, I think, do you judge something as objectively as possible, or do you look at the legacy of an actor at that point? Because really, this is his last chance to get that. Anthony, um, Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins already has one and has opportunities to get more. This is Chadwick's like last opportunity at one and with his legacy of what he has, you know, displayed throughout his short-lived career, I think I think this it would have been a good call. That being said, I understand. I understand, but I also think they should have gone a different way. Yeah. 
here's the question that I've been wanting to specifically ask you. Yeah. Do you think it best picture, no man land in a year like 2020, giving the best actor and actress to Francis McDormand and Anthony Hopkins? Do you think race plays a role in the snubs? See, that's, and that's a difficult question because the whole, here's the, here's my difficulty with not only the Oscars, not only the Grammys, but kind of where the entertainment industry is as a whole. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to sift um, what place of a person's heart all of these new changes are coming from. Like, I'm not sure if everyone listening to this podcast is aware. We've talked about it before, but they are um, mandating, not this year, obviously, but they're just trying to mandate um, kind of rules for the Oscars going ahead to um, support inclusion and support more diversity in film and filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very hard to determine whether this is because this is the new thing, mm -hmm. this is what's getting the media headlines, mm -hmm. or if this is an actual kind of epiphany that a bunch of old white people are having. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's hard to mm -hmm. say for sure. Um, and I think the, the, this Oscars, this is what I was gonna end with, but we'll, we'll talk about this now. There was something that felt a little artificial about this Oscar. It's not the fact that it was in a different location and there's different formulas to it, but there's something a little artificial, even to the fact that Quest loves DJing and they're playing fight the power at moments that don't really make sense. Like I forget who uh, just gave their acceptance speech, but like fight the power came on. I was like, that has nothing to do with what they're just saying. And the whole thing is almost steeped in, we're trying to appeal to this audience because right now that is who has the floor. Um, okay. And they're trying to include more of those things, whether it be from a good place or not. I mean, they're trying. Um, so when you're like, is race, I think race in some way is always going to have some sort of factor in whether something wins or loses. Because mm -hmm. if, if it won, you could say, if Chadwick won or if Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was nominated or Judas and the Black Messiah won, you could say, oh, they're just pandering to the fact that 2020 was a year for the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Mm -hmm. You could flip it that way too. Um, I think it could, but the thing about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is funny as a movie, it is a critique on the entertainment industry. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and conveniently it gets snubbed that's interesting isn't it like i don't i'm not here to push either way i can't say what with definitive yes or no especially as someone who's young and still wants to be nominated for something someday mm -hmm. i better shut my mouth before i get blackballed before i get in this industry but yeah no it, i'm not gonna say either way but let's be honest it is a little sus that like the movie that critiques the entertainment industry, the entertainment industry's almost pimping of black talent and culture gets snubbed at the Oscars. I'll leave it at that. 
I'll let everyone else think about that. I just think it's a little interesting. Um, yeah, that I, I didn't have anything to, I, I didn't really have a place where I was like knowledgeable about it. It did definitely feel sus to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen the United States versus Billy Holiday. I haven't seen that either, to be fair. And I want to see that. That's my bad. I didn't do um, my due diligence. So that's that's on me. Because I do like Billy. I do really like Billy Holiday. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But I, I'm just saddened that Chadwick Boseman is now not an Oscar winner. That, that to me is, is what... Like, that's what struck me after. I was like, he will never be an Oscar-winning actor. Exactly. And I think Anthony Hopkins posted his acceptance speech this morning. I'm not sure if he took a look, but I think he yeah. himself said he was surprised. Yeah. So I do kind of have... <clears throat> But then again, what? How much does the Oscars really have on life? You know, how much? How much impact does it really have on? On. I think we're still going to remember. For sure, I think amazing actor. Like no matter whether he got this Oscar or not, that doesn't take away from the tragedy of all. Doesn't take Mm -hmm. away from everything that he has brought to the film industry in the last like Mm -hmm. decade. If you think of all the roles he's played, crazy what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I'm sure he's been acting before, but the last 10 years of his career is really when it picked up. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was, I just think it would have been a nice footnote. Yeah. To kind of close the, the, the book of, of Mr. Bozeman with an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like this chapter is here and that is where it is. Anthony Hawkins is, is an amazing actor. And I think whether he got this Oscar or not, we all know that. Too. like it's not like anyone was challenging he wasn't the underdog <laughs> in this fight i think that's what hurts it almost feels like we watched rocky one and apollo creed one and we feel a little dissatisfied mm-hmm. you know we're waiting for rocky two but there is none yeah because this well, is the last opportunity and it feels yeah. slimy yeah we're we, i just hope that chadwick boseman is up there and Heaven yelling, Adrian! Adrian, <laughs> I want the distance, Adrian. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's close this chapter and let's let's give a little bit of final thoughts on like overall, like little thoughts on the Oscars. Okay, I have some little thoughts on the Oscars. For sure, I would love highlights. Highlights, yeah. Um. I saw Two Distant Strangers before watching the Oscars. And it won uh, as well. Yes. It won Best Live Action Short, which was that was that was quite cool. I didn't like I did kind of think like it had some problems. But <laughs> like uh, as a as a short film, but yeah. still the 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 um the message and the impact that it had was still really good. And Joey Badass, Joey Badass in there acting. That was okay, pretty good. Joey. I saw him in the Wu-Tang Clan series and I was like, okay. 
Gojo Wu Tang Clan series. What? Uh, yeah, Wu Tang, an American saga. I think it's. Uh, I don't know if it's coming back for season two, but the first season I think is on Hulu. Oh, um, it's on Hulu. Fun. It's like the origin story of the Wu Tang Clan, essentially. Oh, nice. Um, um yeah, I do. yeah, no, that see, and that's another thing. I hate to. I know we just talked about this, but the short film that won. While you could say, well, that film was talking and very overtly by the way the film is very on the nose oh yeah <laughs> like it if, doesn't... if you don't understand what it's trying to say then quite frankly you just didn't see the movie like mm-hmm. that's the only way that could have happened because it's very on the nose yeah. <laughs> it's approach there's no way you... so but that's not the one that critiques the entertainment industry though you know like that's the one that can't it's still a kind of related same social kind of cause mm-hmm. um but while one had a direct shot fired at the entertainment industry mm-hmm. it was more aimed specifically to pro- police brutality mm-hmm. um and very, yeah. very <laughs> now just this is curiosity what were your problems with the short because i have my own things that i was like eh. um i didn't really Again, this might be to the point of the film, but I didn't really get like when they're doing the ride together, when they're driving, um, when he was driving him home and when they finally seemed like they had a connection and he was like, ha, you trickster and then shot him. I didn't really get, I felt like there could have been a more, I felt like there could have been a more, I hate to say it, there could have been a more like realistic ending. See, I say that too, but I I know like this is really just Groundhog's Day. Yes, it's, it's really just Groundhog's Day, and I do the <clears throat> like a lot of it did feel like this could actually happen, and this could actually be up to that point. The scenarios were making sense. Yeah, like it felt reminiscent, like the. SWAT team like coming in and doing all that stuff that felt reminiscent. Which were direct, they had direct call outs to like real events, whether it be Mm -hmm. he he was choked out on the sidewalk or the SWAT team coming in. Mm -hmm. Like there there was references to real things that have happened. And that's why like this felt kind of, it almost felt kind of like an after school special. Kind of in that way where it was like we, at first, I was like, okay, you know. And obviously, it's a short film, and it has a, a lot lower of a budget than a feature film. So I wasn't, like, going to judge necessarily technical aspects as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I was like, this is a little on the nose. Um, at, mm-hmm. so, at certain points, I'm like, cool that you have a message, but, like, you don't have to spell <laughs> they They quite literally spell it out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's literally, there's even a shot, I think, when they're, like, uh, tracking, uh, it's an aerial of this of the cop car going down. You see, like, all the, the, the names, and it's, like, George Floyd on the roof and all that. I'm, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel, it almost felt almost like a cartoon. <laughs> like, was, this was, like, even yeah. the Spider-Verse. Like, what? Yeah. why is there, like, automatopoeia? Like, I know what you're trying to do. Like, just in case mm-hmm. you didn't get it. And that was a little cumbersome to me. Um, I, I agree with you. I wasn't really a big fan of like the, the plot twist. Uh, yeah. You know why? Because I get what you're saying. We're stuck in a cycle. But mm-hmm. the plot twist within the 
the story of the actual short film didn't make really any character sense mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Like, because it's never really any fun when, at the end of the day, while this is a metaphor, it is also, it has a protagonist and an antagonist. And when your antagonist's goal is, I'm bad just because, it's dry. I'm sorry. Like, no matter what you're trying to say, it doesn't make for as compelling as a watch. Is if they actually had that dialogue, he doesn't have to agree with them. But I feel like rather just let's have a, that dialogue. And really, that's what the movie's provo- promoting anyways, mm-hmm. is, that, is that dialogue. So I'm not sure why they went with mustache twirler plot twist. I was going to yeah. kill you anyways. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like it could have been like another police officer coming in. Yeah, I, and, I agree. And something else happening there and then being like, how do I get out of this? For sure. If it's um, not one, it's the other. Something like that, I feel like. Like a little bit of story. And I I do, I really get the point that it was like, even though they didn't really spell this part out, but the reason that it's like Groundhog Day and that you're being killed, it's because, okay, I'm not sure if I really was, but I, I felt like it was trying to say that when you look on the news and you see somebody with your same skin tone another black person died and you're you're a black person you it's like you've died again oh no i i understand that yeah yeah i think there's a bit of that too because you know i don't think screw limiting it to just like black i think when you yeah when you see see somebody person even I think like even if you're not necessarily of that race, there's a piece of maybe you're not connecting as that that could happen to me, but you're connecting as that happened to someone. Um, and I think I think that that bit of metaphor was a bit more of a subtle approach, mm-hmm. which I'm like, hey, it could because again, the whole thing is pretty mm-hmm. in your face, but that I, I appreciate that kind of undertone. Yeah. Um, also, other nitpick wasn't a huge fan of the actress um, who's playing. I th- I th- but she's I not think, in it overtly. I think it was one of the director's like wives or something. Oh, okay. No um, shade on anyone in this movie. It sounded like we're shade on no, shade. no shade on anyone's wife or even the, anyone in this movie in particular. Um I'm me and Carson are both film students and we're admiring that someone made a short film and went to the Oscars. Like <laughs> you don't have to worry, like good for you guys. Don't worry about us. But for me, I feel like we could have used some second takes for her. Um, feel like we could have taken, like you said, changed that cop thing where it's like, let's maybe get another one in there. Cause that to me is like almost like, <laughs> like Skeletor from like He-Man or something. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it's so like overtly over the top. You're almost like, okay, guys. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. With the with the feeling like it could happen to you. Like when you when it was reading the stuff like um uh, of what they were doing, like all the people that were killed and what they were doing, they were killed by the police, going to get groceries, um, and like playing with a fake gun in the street, like I know I did that when I was a kid. Yeah. They're 
And when you read closer into these kind of situations and you're like, well, I might've reacted like that. Mm-hmm. You kind of realize the, the depth of the situation. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, yeah. I think the messaging and, and the thoughts behind it are, are good and, and well-intended. And I think the filmmaking for the most part does its job to tell the story. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I would challenge the, the actors and the directors, because I think it was two directors, right? Yeah. Of this, of this film to, uh, to explore that topic in a feature length film and maybe take a more subtle approach. For my taste, don't, doesn't mean you have to do that. Like, whatever, do, make your art, you know, say what you need to say. Yeah. But for my taste, I would have liked a, a little dimmed down version. But, but go watch it on Netflix, I definitely say. For sure, go Netflix. check it out. It's only half hour. Yeah. You know? hot, hot 30 minutes. Um, hot 30 minutes. Glenn Close doing the booty dance. That was something. That was something. That was really good. I really like that. Hannibal doing his little trivia thing and reuniting with Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, that was good. Um, oh, gosh. What's, an, what's another good thing that happened? Um, oh, the Humanitarian. Oh, yes. Award. Tyler Perry won the Humanitarian Award. Or also, mm-hmm. yeah, the other Humanitarian Award. Yeah. That was, that was, I thought that was a cool touch that we're including that, or that yeah. they included that. I didn't even know that whole like motion picture and TV. No, that was a fun little like two minute documentary. Yeah, that was quite cool. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that about Tyler Perry either. Oh, <laughs> it was like, it was, I felt like I learned something for five minutes. I was like, oh, cool, cool. Like, I've never, I've never <laughs> watched a Medea movie. I've never wanted to watch a Medea movie or, <laughs> or any uh, of the other really like kind of Tyler, but I might just do it now because he's such a great guy that I'm, I probably should support him. See, here's, here's the thing. Um, this is sacrilege for black people to say, but I am not a huge Medea fan. I'm sorry, Tyler Perry. Like, is no that sacrifice? I, I just think the audience that was made for it is not, it's not my cup of tea, but I'm not saying it's not funny. I probably haven't given enough of them to try. Like, I, would give, I probably watched two and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, <laughs> no shade on you, Tyler Perry. Um, you seem like a like really great person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I've seen some of his other stuff and it's pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, good for him. That was cool. I like that touch. Mm-hmm. Um, more nitpicks. I thought some of the music choices were kind of like, eh. um, I know what they're trying to do with As by Stevie Wonder for the memorial, but you know, I feel like we could have done with something a little more somber. Yeah, I feel like that was quite cheery. I was like, yeah, what? no, because like when it ends on like Chaz with Bo- Chadwick Boseman and Stevie Wonder's just going off with As. I was like, <laughs> this is, I did only for him to not get the Oscar. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that was a choice overall. I mean, overall, what did you think of this Oscar? I feel like personally, this was a bit of a mixed bag for me. I it was one of my favorite Oscars, up to best actor, best actress. That's what I mean. There was I I was like impressed with uh, what's the word they pivot how they pivoted for this COVID uh, season. Yeah, I, I was cool that they embraced like, hey, it's not going to be conventional. Let's just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found different ways to do stuff. I don't know why they chose this train station, by the way, because it's COVID and that makes everyone closer together. And if they were in that gigantic theater, it doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. No. Um, yeah. But it, honestly, a change of pace, like when I turned on the TV and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. This oddly felt so personal, I guess, yeah. so like connected even though it was during COVID times and stuff like that it felt like very it felt very personal because you got to know each other you got to hear these stories of the presenters and hear these stories of the people being nominated Mm -hmm. which I really liked so yeah yeah, I really liked everything up to those couple snubs yeah I think Collective should have won Best documentary. Should have won best documentary. Should have gone, probably should have gone to Chadwick. Nomadland, I I honestly saw it coming, but it wasn't my personal. Um, I think oh. that uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always should have been nominated for something. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. Greyhound. Actress, supporting actress, cinematography, 16 millimeter. Oh, um, I got shit for this last time from our <laughs> from our manager, um, the mm-hmm. honorable judge, Condos. Um, we didn't explain sixteen millimeter apparently. Um, so in film, there's the big debate of digital versus film. Film meaning shot on film reels, and digital meaning you know it all goes to an SD card and gets put in some computer. Mm-hmm. And there is different um, film formats. I was it sixteen. 35. Uh, I'm blanking. Is it 70? I think is 75. 70? I think it's 75. I guess so. There you go. No, is there 75 or an 85? But I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so when we say 16 millimeter, um, we're just being film school nerds and geeking out on the fact that he was shot in film, which is harder than shooting on digital. Um, and um, the camera that uses a 16 millimeter is a smaller camera it's yeah. quite a small camera it is um and it's nicholas cage's favorite camera yeah fun fact fun fact because he says it can really get up into the performance you know <laughs> um, i'm a cat i'm a sexy cat yeah um <laughs> like you can just kind of it can just disappear and you can let the performer just go and they can forget about the camera yeah there's not a huge 50 pound piece of machinery there's not a huge imax camera in your face um no <laughs> was that a, was that, a, was that a, no it's not a dig fire no 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 no, no. but long term listeners know what we're talking about um mm-hmm. no but yeah so that was just me 
geeking like at the end of the day i think the movie still would have been great no matter what it was shot on but um who knows but it's i was just it's just me nerding out a little bit um i th- honestly but yeah i think that was a snub i think that could have been oh uh i forgot best supporting actress while i agree with minari i also would have been happy to see what's her name uh, maria baklova yeah, Maria Bakal- Bakalova. Bakalova, who I think they butchered her, her name. Yeah, they okay, pretty bad. Um, would have been happy to see her win for uh, Borat too. Mostly because we discussed, we I think we even said like no one threw themselves into that role. Like no. she, yeah, no she one. threw herself into that role. Heck to the end. Head first. Dive. With no regard to her own safety. Um, so I think if they did that, honestly, that would redeem some of their other indiscretions. Um, I still don't think so. I still don't think that would It wouldn't, not the big indiscretion. But like you said, the depressing part of that is the fact that the chapter is now closed with no hope of him ever getting. Yeah. That's the depressing fact. But... I think it, w- it would definitely would have forgiven the fact that never rarely didn't get. Didn't get I guess so, you know. And I would have felt a little year. better. And then well, that Octopus- was my, my favorite film of the year, but you know. Mm. And then Octopus Teacher won over. That that was pretty bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, no shade to Octopus Teacher. Um, no shade to Octopus just, Teacher. It's um. Just, I just wanted to go up <laughs> in there and be like, no, no shade to Octopus Teacher. But Collective had one of the best documentaries of all time. It's probably top five documentaries. Just seen. go up there and steal the mic and just pull a Kanye. <laughs> no, totally. Because it's top five documentaries I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah. Um, no shade to Taylor. Yeah. So, but- yeah. That's that's how we felt about the Oscars, man. <laughs> I feel like this was a long episode. Oh, oh God, is this like two hours? I have no idea. All right, everybody, you have been listening to or watching Babbling with the Boys. I'm Spencer Chef. Uh, that is my opinion on Oscars 2021, the 93rd. Oscars 93 till infinity. Um, I would like to say, you know, uh, if you haven't seen some of the movies we're talking about, or if you haven't seen the Oscars, I guess, why would you watch this if you haven't? Um, But if you haven't seen the movies we're talking about, if you're looking for a quick list of my Rex, Spencer's Spencer's Rex from the Oscars, uh, Collective, uh, this wasn't on the Oscars, but it's my favorite movie of last year, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Look it up. Seriously, if you haven't watched it, just do yourself a favor. Yeah. Um, just, just do it. Just do it for me. Do it for Dutchie. Um <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Sound of Metal. Uh, Minari. Uh, Juice and the Black Messiah. The Father. No Madland. You know what? Other than Mank, and I would say Sea Trial of the Chicago 7, but if, I, if it was between Trial of the Chicago 7 and Jewish and the Black Messiah, I'm taking Jewish and the Black Messiah. Um, but Trial of the Chicago 7 is on Netflix for free, so maybe that's easier for you. Um, 
I would say Promising Young Woman is definitely I, a must-see. I agree with all that. I'd say Watch Time as well. Watch Time. That's a See, that's another documentary that I thought was better than Octopus Teacher. And Watch Crip Camp as well. That was damn good. Yeah, that uh, was good. But yeah, I'm Carson Gervain. Watch Crip Camp, Watch Time, Watch some other stuff and um yeah have a good have a good time and you know at the end of the day have a good time Ah. at the end of the day oscars are yeah it's a statue of some guy who who is who is oscar even who is Oscar? oscar kind of fucked up this year excuse my french um but it doesn't really matter who won at the end of the day? What matters is that we we got to celebrate some movies. We got to shout out some movies and we got to nominate some and award others. But at the end of the day, it's all film is one of the most subjective arts there is. Totally. Totally. And like all arts, it's very subjective. So totally. yeah, it's all up there. Anybody in in my heart. Chadwick Boseman is one one of the greatest actors of the of the 2010s. Is the yeah probably the yeah, yeah, actor. yeah. Um, Oscar not he oh yeah Oscar not he's definitely carved his name into uh, the <laughs> the Hollywood Hall of Fame. Um, yeah yeah um, whether with that yeah yeah. Um, Honestly, if you agree or disagree with what we said, we're just happy we get to talk about some movies. Yeah. Um, that boy, that boy rewrote the stars. So now you go out <laughs> and you rewrite the stars. Yeah. And keep it yeah. spicy. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, hopefully, within ten years, we won't just be doing a podcast on this, but we'll be there. You know. We'll be there. We'll well, we'll, we should make time for the podcast also you know we'll do a podcast of can we we can't exactly be subject or objective our oscar reactions but we're in the oscar <laughs> oh yeah let's do it let's do it uh yeah uh keep a lookout for our future projects if you're watching this from the future and we just blow up, that'd be pretty hilarious. That'd be pretty awesome. We have like our own production company and we're just like, oh. Hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. Films. Yeah. Salt and pepper. <laughs> oh, God. Have you ever seen Patrick Stewart say that? Patrick Stewart? Yeah. He was like hosting oh. SNL one night and the musical guest was Salt and Pepper. <laughs> and he goes, I now bring to you Salt and Pepper. <laughs> uh, look it up if you haven't seen it. It's great. Okay. Adios. Keep it spicy. Keep it spicy, everybody. Spicy.